Hey everyone and welcome back. My name is Rich and this is the Love to Learn English podcast. In today's episode, I speak with my friend Matthew and we discuss the rise of the Nazi party within Europe. This is actually part of a two-part special, so there will be another episode on this very soon. Hey Matthew. Hi Richard, how are you doing? Very good, how are you? I'm great, thank you. Welcome uh, to the show. So I thought we'd start today just by discussing why this subject is still so important in 2020. Sure, so there's a few reasons why it's still important to learn about the rise of the Nazi party in 2020. First of all, and and this is true for a lot of historical subjects, it's a way of um, us as a society being able to learn from our mistakes. Second of all, it's just a generally interesting part of history to learn about. And, and thirdly, the rise of the Nazi party and then World War II, which um, led on from that, still shapes the world that we live in today, especially in Western Europe. So I think these three reasons make it quite relevant to look at still in 2020. You used a very interesting phrase there at the end. So you said that it shapes the world. So what do you want to say with shapes the world? Something like it influences the world, it changes the world or affects it in some way? Yeah, it's, it's, it's affected the world. Um, you know, World War Two is a huge event that affected the world. We, st we still feel the effects to this day. Yeah, so you could say in that sense that it shape has shaped the world that we live in and continues to influence it. I think the story for this really begins with the Treaty of Versailles. I think we should just explain what treaty means first, though. So a treaty is actually a formal contract or agreement between two different countries. So what was the Treaty of Versailles? The Treaty of Versailles essentially brought the end of World War One. Once World War One had ended and the Kaiser, which was essentially the German king, had abdicated. Abdicated meaning? He removed himself from his position as the ruler of the country. Okay, so he removed himself as king. Sure. Okay, continue please. The Allies and the Axis powers, which was Italy and Germany, they were brought uh, together at Versailles, which is in, in France a city in France known for quite a famous palace and they signed a treaty there which the Allies had essentially created to agree how the, the world and how Western Europe is what it's going to look like in the future. So in this treaty they made Germany pay back reparations war reparations, which was money that they had to give back mostly to France. Um, so just to, just to confirm there, so a reparation here is the term used to describe the money that Germany was forced or made to pay back. 
Yes, yes. As part of accepting guilt for World War One, is that correct? Accepting the blame. Yeah. Yes, the war guilt clause was was a sort of separate part of the treaty. Um, but yeah, they, they, they all tie in together. Um, so yeah, the war guilt clause was another part of the treaty that we just touched upon. Um, and th- this this plays into the rise of the Nazi party quite quite a lot, as, as we'll look at going forward. So reparations, the war guilt clause, and... Germany also had to give land to um, some of the Allied powers. So they lost a lot of their land. Um, and, and the important thing here is that they lost what was called the Ruhr, which was the industrial heartland of Germany. So it was quite difficult for Germany to recover from the Treaty of Versailles. And it's quite often criticised um, for for the rise of the Nazi party and consequently World War II because it it was so harsh and it it took away any kind of economic freedom that Germany had that the only position they had to go into was one of extremism, which, which is what happened. I just want to review two words there. So you described the Ruhr as the industrial heartland of Germany. So when you say heartland, you mean like the heart in the body and heartland means that it's the, the center, the industrial center. Correct. Sure. Heart, yeah, right. sure. Heart, heartland is the center, the, the, the most important part, I suppose, of a you, country. Yeah, it was really what kept it alive, you could say. Yeah, exactly. Essential, essential. Uh, The other word you used here was harsh. So by harsh, you mean? Harsh is... um, I'm not sure how else you would describe (laughs) it. Maybe you would have a better job of describing harsh. Okay, let me just go to Google here quick. So harsh can mean one of two things. It can mean unpleasant or rough. Um, So the opposite of something that's smooth or nice, I guess. It can also mean something that's cruel or severe, like a punishment that goes too far, which is what this treaty was basically, right? It was a very harsh punishment for World War I, meaning it was a very cruel punishment. It was a punishment that was designed to really hurt them. Sure, and that's that's definitely true. But also, if you look at it from today with hindsight, it seems like it was very harsh. But at the time, you have to remember that World War One was essentially started by the Germans, and it it was the most destructive conflict I think anyone had ever seen um, before that. It, it was very horrific. So um, it was harsh in hindsight, but then also, you know, you have to think of it through the eyes of, of the, the people that had gone through it. Just want to pull up one word there, which was hindsight. So hindsight 
means when you have the advantage of future knowledge. So it's when you're in in the future and you look back at your mistakes and given the way that the events have uh, happened, you would be in a better position to make that decision if you did it again, right? But hindsight is not really something that we have. Unfortunately, we cannot see things from the future. We can only see what we see in the moments. Um, okay, so I think it's a good place here to move on to Gustav Streisman. Am I saying this correctly? Gustav Streisman. Streisman, okay. <laughs> uh, well, good job I'm not teaching German here today. <laughs> uh, so who, who was this guy, this uh, cool cat, and what impact did he have on Germany? Gustav Streisman was a very important figure in Germany throughout the 1920s. Um, the, the, the thing about Stresemann was that he really stabilised the Weimar Republic, which was the government that took over Germany post-World War One. Okay. Post-World War One, you mean after World War One? So you can use post before a date to show something happened after the date. So for example, post-1970 would mean anything after 1970, right? Sorry, uh, please continue. No problem. So what Stresemann did was Germany was uh, going through a lot of economic difficulty because of the reparations and because they had uh, no access to their industrial region, the Ruhr, anymore. So what Stresemann did was that he turned the German economy around. One of the ways he did this, um, he was the Chancellor and the Foreign Minister of Germany, by the way, Stresemann. But the ways he, he turned the economy around was mainly he let the Americans into Germany by way of the Doors plan, which was essentially essentially an economic aid that America gave Germany. Um, and, and during Stresemann's um, reign as Chancellor and Foreign Minister... What do you mean by his reign as, as Chancellor? Sorry. No problem. Um, so the period of time that he was Chancellor to and from... Okay, perfect. ...would be a reign. Not spelled R-A... I-N. How are we spelling that? You get a gold uh, star if you get this correct. <laughs> uh, Ladies and gentlemen, you can't see this, but he, he's reaching for his phone. <laughs> R-E-I-G-N, I believe. Is that right? Uh, well, I spell that again. R-E-I-G-N. Yeah, I think that's correct. You are the English teacher, so I hope. <laughs> I will uh, check that post the episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, um, yeah. yeah, so Stresemann just allowed the economy to recover in Germany. Um, and even though the Nazi party was steadily rising, they actually dipped um, for, for a while um, in popularity while Stresemann um, was Chancellor and Foreign Minister. 
great and word you used there just then. Sorry, so that you used the word dipped. The popularity dipped. So what does a dip mean? It means they it decreased, right? It went down or it declined. So uh, they were popular and then not so popular. Their popularity dipped. Sure. So unfortunately, Strasman suddenly dies from a stroke in 1929. Um, so, so we're not sure what effect he could have had on Germany after that date. But um, a lot of people, and including myself, that have studied this period, um, believe he was, he was quite an important um, figure in an attempt to curtail the rise of the Nazis. Curtail, interesting word right there. So curtail means to try and mm, slow down or stop, would you say? To stop the rise of the Nazis, to curtail the Nazis, to stop them from gaining power, right? In this sense. Sure. Uh, so I guess it would. we need to transition now to the main man, I guess. Um, so Mr. Adolf Hitler was a very busy man during this period, I think. Uh, what was he doing at the time? How did he take advantage of some of the chaos that was happening? So Adolf Hitler, during the 1920s, didn't have that much political success. The Nazi party that he was leader of was rising, but because of Stresemann, things like the Doors Plan, helping the economy of Germany, they were rising slowly, but not, didn't have that much impact on the politics of Germany. What Hitler was doing, though, is consolidating his ideals. Ooh, let's, explain. <laughs> let's unpack that one a minute. So consolidating his ideals. So let's start with ideals. Ideals are what you want in an ideal world, in a perfect world. It's your, your idea of what the perfect world would look like. Right, so it could be a political position or a religious position. It's uh, your morals and everything that goes with that. Uh, consolidating here, you mean he was trying to live in a way that was with his ideals, correct? He was trying to become who he thought he needed to be to create that type of world. Sure. Uh, during the 1920s, Hitler was creating a lot of the ideas that he would later use when he was Chancellor of Germany. Um, for instance, he failed in a putsch, which is the, I believe it's the German word for coup d'etat, um, if you wanted to describe what that means. Yeah, so a, a putsch or a coup d'etat, those are French and German words here. So it basically means an attempt to take over or overthrow a government. So an attempt to try and take power away from the current government and to gain power for yourself. Sure. So it was called the Munich Putsch or the Beer Hall Putsch, it's also known as, which was essentially a failed attempt by the Nazi party 
failed quite miserably to take power of Germany. The important part of this putsch was that it landed Hitler in prison. Which landed was, him in prison, meaning he ended up in prison. He, it got him in prison. It landed him there. Sure. The reason why this is important is because in prison he had a show trial. Ooh, that's interesting. So a show trial is a, well, it's a trial that takes place, but they already know the results. Is that correct? So the, it's, a, it's a trial which is done to please... Oh, let me go to the dictionary. <laughs> Hang on. So a, tr- a show trial is a trial that is held in public with the intention of either influencing or satisfying public opinion rather than actually carrying out justice, rather than actually being something done for good reasons. It's there just to please someone else. Sure, because the, the argument is is that the judges, the people who were in control of the courts at that time in Germany, were actually very sympathetic to Hitler's ideas. So they gave him a very short prison sentence, but they allowed him to express his views in the courtroom and these views through newspapers reached many different parts of Germany and Hitler became very popular because of this. Yeah, so I guess it was the the beginning of his real rise, right? It was yes. the beginning of him starting to take his ideals, his versions of the way he thought the world should be and develop them and start to try and organize uh, to make it happen, I guess. That's right. And another, another part of his time in prison was that he wrote Mein Kampf, which was his infamous sort of autobi- autobiographical book, which... Let me just explain it, infamous, sorry. So infamous is when something is really famous, almost beyond famous, and generally famous for a bad reason. So the difference between infamous and famous is that infamous is generally for a bad reason. So yeah, uh, please continue with Mein Kampf. So the reason why Mein Kampf was infamous is because it, well, Hitler wrote many of his ideas down in that book and really used the book as a a way of him presenting his ideas to the German people. It was like a manifesto. Yeah. Yeah, it was his way of getting everything on paper and starting, I guess, distributing and trying to make a community, trying to get people to um, follow him, I guess. Yeah, that's right. Because uh, in Mein Kampf, uh, a lot of his um, derogatory feelings towards the Jewish people... Negative were, feelings, derogatory, yes. ...were presented. And, you know, a lot of his ideas that he would later use or develop 
to gain power in Germany, such as uh, Liebenstraben. I'm probably butchered that word. <laughs> By butchered with the word, you mean you messed it up, right? So I butcher yeah. someone who yes. butcher someone who like you know cuts meat in the supermarket or something. And if you butcher something, you mess it up, like you've just you know cut cut an animal up or something, made a mess of yeah. it. Yeah, Liebenstraben. That's the best I can do. <laughs> but it's essentially the, the English translation as live in space. This yeah. was a big thing. Um, Hitler wanted Germany to expand. Um, he wanted to get rid of the war guilt clause that we talked about earlier in the Treaty of Versailles. All the things that he thought were holding the German people back that were put onto them because of the Treaty of Versailles Hitler wanted to get rid of all of these. And, and they were sentiments that were very popular in Germany. Um, feelings, sentiments, feelings. Feelings, yes. Unfortunately, um, and it's the case across Europe at this time, actually, and it's not talked about too much. Things like anti-Semitism were, were very popular. Um, Anti-Semitism being anti Jew or anti-Judaism? Sure. Um, it is. It, it's a negative feeling towards the Jewish people, I suppose. All right. Well, I think that's all we've got time for today, but thanks so much for joining me and we'll pick up the story next time and try and try and get to the end of this. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks again for listening to the Love to Learn English podcast. If you're interested in taking classes with me, head to lovetolearnenglish.com and you can book a free 30-minute trial where we can discuss your goals and make a plan to achieve them. See you guys there.